you miss Canty and Carlin? The word that only comes to mind after what we saw last night is distressing. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. We are, of course, presented by Progressive Insurance, also on Sirius XM Channel 80. Christopher Canty, uh, upsetting, distressing, pick your word. What happened last night with Tua Tungavailoa was difficult to watch in a lot of different ways. Yeah, big fella, it was a systemic failure by the NFL, by the Miami Dolphins, and all parties involved when it comes to protecting the player from brain trauma. And in this instance, we're talking about Tua taking a hit right before halftime in Thursday Night Football, and then the context around the situation was him taking that hit right before halftime in week three against the Buffalo Bills, and that was just four days ago. And... Based on the eye test, Carlin, and based on being around high-level football for 16 years, when you include me playing in college and the NFL, I knew what my eyes told me. Watching last night's game with my wife, I knew exactly what had happened to Tua. She didn't understand why his arms and his fingers froze, but I knew exactly why. He suffered a concussion. That's what happens. I've seen it before. I've had blackout concussions myself. And so I understand what to look for, the signs, the symptoms, when you're dealing with a brain injury. And those things were evident to a lesser degree when we saw him take that hit from Matt Milano in that Bills game. And that's why we all had such a hard time on Monday trying to reconcile how the Miami Dolphins training staff and the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants would allow Tua to go back in that game. Now, I get it. The Dolphins won that game. That's a divisional matchup. That was their litmus test early on in the season to see if they were for real, a measuring stick game, so to speak, but at what cost? And now we're seeing the cost in real time. And, Carlin, I I don't want to be accusatory toward the Miami Dolphins or anything that we heard from their head coach, Mike McDaniel, or any of their staff members, but I have a hard time – believing them at face value when they say that Tua's injury in week three was a back injury, not a head injury. Because when the player went down, he got up, he tried to grab at his head, and then he fell back down. Those are are symptoms that are classic when it comes to suffering a brain trauma. The NFL spells it out in its own concussion policy. When you see headaches, when you see dizziness, when you see the player unbalanced, those are all signs that the player may have experienced brain trauma. And in that instance, Carlin, because it's an evolving science and because we don't have a test in real time to make a definitive determination, I'm looking at the doctors for the Miami Dolphins and the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants. I'm looking for them to err on the side of caution. The athletic trainers as well for the Dolphins. Err on the side of caution to protect the player from themselves. Players want to go out there and compete. That's what we do. That's what we've been doing ever since we decided to put on pads and cleats. So you want to be there for your teammates, and you don't want anything to stand in the way of that. That's why guys play hurt. That's why guys, you know, deal with some of the realities that they deal with in their post-playing career because they are willing to sacrifice in order to be there for their teammates and to maximize the opportunity that you have, the finite window, to play in the National Football League. But what we saw last night was a failure in terms of the the protocols and the policies, the guardrails, so to speak, 
that would protect the player from themselves. And that's what's so frustrating about it because, Carlin, it paints football in a bad light. And I hate it. I hate it when we give fodder to the crowd that talks about abolishing the sport of football because I know how much I'm passionate about it, how much I care about it, and how much it's positively impacted my life and the lives of those around me. We want you to be a part of this early, and we want you to get on, involved on the Canty and Carlin call-in line, the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to get to your calls here in the next five to six minutes, and we want to know how you're feeling watching that. You're a parent. What are you thinking about watching that? Just everything involved from that moment last night with Tua Tungavailoa. And, Chris, uh, just listen. I think you just articulated a lot of what you must have been feeling brilliantly. And I can't imagine what that's like having been in that situation before yourself, having suffered a blackout concussion before. But watching it, it's distressing to see a guy get thrown to the ground like that, knowing what had transpired four days earlier. And we asked this question yesterday, and I was a little bit surprised by it, that it was so clear that they were going to play him last night. And I don't, I, I don't know if there's the player who needs to be protected from himself there because what, what's been the discussions around Tua? This is year three. He is up for a contract at the end of this year. The Dolphins have to make their decision on him. And people like us have talked all about whether or not he's ultimately a franchise quarterback for a team that can win a championship. So there's that innate pressure for him, knowing that there's 150 to $200 million on the table. But Colin, at, the the heart of, at the heart of that discussion, though, in that conversation, or debate, so to speak, on whether he's a franchise quarterback was – can he Is stay healthy? He can stay healthy. Yeah. Th- that, that's, that's one it. of the things that we have talked about. And so there is that pressure that he puts on himself and that the organization, I'm sure, is putting on him to be available and to be out there. And that doesn't necessarily lend itself to making the best decisions when it comes to your long-term health and protecting your future quality of life. But, Carlin, when you're in your 20s, your early 30s, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about football no. as a vehicle that can take you and your family out of the situation that you might have grown up in and get you to a better life. That's what it is. And so I understand yep. it. And for his teammates, Carlin, I can tell you exactly what they're thinking. This guy's our starting quarterback. He gives us a chance to win. I need him to do my job. And if he plays at a high level, that means our team is probably going to play at a high level, giving us a chance to win and giving me a chance to make money to feed my family. The coaching staff is thinking the exact same thing. So when it comes to a player's pressure to be out there on the field, like th- that's what's happening. That is the dynamic. So, you, you know, I, can under- I understand where coaches are coming from. They're in a difficult spot. I understand where his teammates are coming from. They're in a difficult spot. But ultimately, if the player says that they can go, then the coaches, the players in the locker room, they're going to, fer- to defer to that player's discretion. It is up to the athletic trainers, the team doctors, the independent neurologists, and the neurotrauma consultants. It is up to them to hold that player back. Like, that's why you see when players have concussion symptoms, they will take the player's helmet away from him so he can't go back in the mm -hmm. game. They do that for a reason. When it's done right. Exactly. Because they don't trust 
that that player is not going to go back in, and they don't trust that that coach is going to do the right thing and take that player out knowing that he's dealing with concussion symptoms. They take it out of the player's hands. They take it out of the coach's hands, and that is the responsible thing to do. Unfortunately, that's not what happened in week three with Tua, and as a result, he was more susceptible to a concussion and a brain injury that led to him ultimately being carted off the field on Thursday night football. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're taking your calls on the open lines here momentarily on what happened last night. But first, I want to hear from Mike McDaniel and get what he had to say just a little while ago, about an hour plus ago, uh, at his news conference, at his, his weekly news conference. And this is, it's a little tough to take from Mike McDaniel. Take a listen. He did not have a head head injury so guys hit their heads all the time and that's why i was adamant about you know yet he was evaluated for be for having a head injury and he did not have one and when i tell you he was in complete um mental concert talking to us through it and then he played the whole game and then he went to then he did press conference and then he did media all week and then he did you know there was but so as as far as if i if i were to sit someone for a uh a medical issue going against medical people abstractly then when do i play him again when Mike, you understand what we saw the other day, and you don't insult us by saying that we didn't see it. That That's where there's a few problems here, Chris. Number one, we saw it. He stumbled. He didn't know where he was for a good moment, and then he's back on the field shortly thereafter. I don't care where the failure was. There was a failure. It's for the Dolphins to figure out where that failure was. Number Can two, we rely on the Dolphins to figure out where their failure was? Because this is an organization that two. is proven to be habitual line steppers. I don't know if you well, want to point to the two, Brian Chris. Flores allegations. You can point to the pursuit of Sean Payton when he's under contract with another team, the illegal recruitment of Tom Brady. Any one of those instances, you could say, okay, the Miami Dolphins – they're willing to go up to and cross lines when it comes to NFL rules. Why should we believe that they wouldn't cross this line when it comes to this particular rule or when it comes to this particular protocol surrounding concussions? I can't give anybody from the Dolphins the benefit of the doubt, especially people in leadership positions. So I hear where Mike McDaniel is coming from, but when I listen to what's coming out of his mouth, it sounds like he's trying to protect the organization from any potential liability. Now, that's as because he as, is. As far as the injury itself, if you look at the NFL's concussion policy, and, and Adam Schefter put me onto this this morning on Get Up, it's head, neck, and spine injury related. So they changed his initial diagnosis from a head injury to a back injury. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Carlin, but the back is a part of the spine, right? Correct. So if it is, if it is in fact a back injury, According to the protocol, he should not have been allowed to go back into the game. He should have been designated a no-go by the doctors. And let's be clear about one thing, Carlin. Even though there are independent 
neurologists or or, or or neurotrauma consultants on the sideline and in the booth. The decision to return to play rests solely with the team physician or the designated doctor to make that call. That's from the club. That is not by the unks. They can help with making the evaluation of the concussion, but they're not the ones that ultimately make the call on whether or not the player goes back into the game. And Look, that's Chris, the part listen. where people have to recognize there's got to be accountability at the club level for something like this. This is and, egregious. And, and you're talking about a young man's quality of life potentially being impacted. I, uh, you know, just going through all of that stuff, as you just did, it's mind-numbing to me that we actually got to this point, that we actually got to a point where a team four days later was willing to put this guy in peril's way. It was a simple decision to make from the get-go. And when you are going to do something that, as much as we don't know about concussions, Chris, we do know one thing. When you get one, it's a heck of a lot easier to get a second one. No doubt. And it's, it's absolutely much, much easier to do it when it happened four days ago. So... They can say all they want about it wasn't a head, it was a neck, it was a spine. Based on everything you just said, it is all together. And at the same time, the Dolphins haven't earned any sort of benefit of the doubt in any of this. And if I'm Tua Tungavailoa right now, I really have to be looking sideways at the Dolphins organization as a whole. I really have to wonder, who am I playing for here and what am I doing? You know, we don't know any of the specifics that happened behind the scenes, but when I look at the whole picture of everything over the last year plus, what am I doing here? Do I want to be here? Do I? Can I trust anybody here? And, yes, I want to be back out on that field, but it is also their job to protect me. And they're... If if I'm to it today, this is just how I would feel. I would feel like I wasn't protected. I would feel like I wasn't protected by an organization that I am relying on to do that. And that is a trust that is incredibly difficult to build in the first place. And to have it broken like that, I mean, we'll never hear about it publicly. Please tell me if I'm wrong. I would have a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble feeling good playing for that organization. There's no question about it, Carlin. I, I don't know how a player in that locker room can trust that the Miami Dolphins training staff is going to do right by you when it comes to any injury, but particularly when something so subjective as a concussion or brain trauma. I don't Let's want to see my, I don't want my family have to see me get carted off the way that Tua got carted off on a stretcher and taken to a local hospital. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is the Dr. Pepper call-in line, so let's hit it right now. Let's start with Andre in Massachusetts up first on ESPN Radio. Andre, what's going on? Yeah, how you doing? Thanks for taking the call. Listen, I'm not a parent, but I'm an avid sports fan. And what I saw last night with the rest of the nation was obviously ugly. But for me, beyond the concerns for Tua, I'm looking at the Miami Dolphins organization. I'm saying to myself, what the heck are you thinking? So you're losing Tua for the season. 
That's that's what I saw. I don't see Tua coming back for the rest of the season. So your guy who got you off to this 3-0 start, you've lost him by bringing him back so quickly. But then on top of that, there's the obvious legal implications, okay? The NFLPA investigating this, the short span, and then we see that second stack concussion clear as day for everybody. And then you got your coach. Now, Mike McDaniels, okay, great with the X's and O's. You're, you're just regurgitating the party line. It makes absolutely no sense. So in terms of the Dolphins, this is an organization really without leadership. I believe their owner is suspended because of his actions. But you just put yourself on a slippery slope unnecessarily. And just beyond the shock and the concern for Tua, it looks like you might fall all the way down to the bottom. You've lost your starting quarterback who, who really spearheaded this early you know, start. Teddy Bridgewater is sufficient, but he's not Tua. And then on top of that, what you have to deal with in terms of litigation and liability. So just on all Listen, accounts. All of it across the board, Andre, all of it across the board is is just that. It's unnecessary. And I, I could care less right now about the Dolphins, you know, liability and everything that's involved there. Obviously, I don't have all the medical specifics in front of me, but I, I know what I saw. And it's not hard to figure out, Chris, that. Uh, you can't feel good about anything that has happened here with this team over the last year, and this is why, in this instance, you certainly don't get the benefit of the doubt. Well, here's the thing, and I think Andre brought up a good point, Carlin. The liability does matter. It matters because we've seen that that's the only thing that the NFL owners are concerned about, the bottom line. Yeah, and if there's something that's that potential liable that they're liable for that, that can you know impact their revenue stream, then they're going to take that seriously. And right now based on how they've handled Tua and this, you know, the concussion protocols, you'd have to say it's a gross dereliction of duty. I mean, you know, it's spelled out in the NFL's concussion policy. Anytime it seems like a player has, you know, lost his his gross motor skills or gross motor skill instability is how it's phrased, then that should result in the player being taken off the field. It was clear to me that that's what took place in week three right before halftime against the Buffalo Bills. And yet, Tua was allowed to go back in that game. Now, had it not been for Tua in that game, I'm not sure that they would have won because we know he converted that third and 22 with a 45-yard bomb to Jalen Waddle. But, Carlin, it, it, it seems like it's win at all costs. And, unfortunately, you're talking about costing Tua significant time on the field and impacting what his quality of life is going to be at beyond his playing days. And is it fair for an NFL team to be able to make that judgment call when we also understand that their primary motivation is to make money, not to protect the player? I just It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't sit well with me as a former player because the organization failed to protect the player from himself. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation. Hit us up on the number at 888-SAY-ESPN. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. We're going to get to more of these calls here momentarily Up next, though, we're going to bring in Jeremy Fowler, who was there last night in Cincinnati with the very latest on everything that transpired and the latest perspective as well on all things Chua and this ugly situation with the Dolphins. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. We're continuing on your calls for the next few minutes on the Tua situation last night in Miami and just how you're feeling about it, how you're feeling about watching it, how you're feeling about if you have kids and football. Like Chris, we were talking about this this morning. This is, as you said before, this kind of arms the people that uh, say you shouldn't allow kids to play football, but this to me... Um, as scary of a moment as it is, it's more bothersome at the error that is involved leading up to it, and that's where I would have the bigger problem. It's not even about the sport necessarily. It's about the people who are in charge of, you know, all of those rules and all those kids in that kind of sport. Can I trust them to handle it the right way? Well, think about it, Carlin. The NFL sets the examples for lower levels of sports. So if the NFL is not taking their own concussion protocols and policies seriously, then why would college athletics do that? Why would high school athletics do that? I mean, Carlin, we had a young kid in the tri-state area, a kid in Linden, New Jersey, pass away from an uh, an injury um of that nature. So it's just, it's one mm-hmm. of those things that you're, you're, you're concerned with as a parent. And if you see the culture around football and the toxic masculinity and, and playing through whatever injuries that you may be dealing with and knowing that that could lead to, you know, significant impairment impacting the quality of life that you might experience as you get older, then yeah, as a parent, this is one of those instances where I would, strongly consider not allowing my child to play. Now, I know all the good things that come along with playing football, too, because I I have intimate knowledge of the game at the highest level. I understand the leadership that it teaches, being able to be a self-starter, how to motivate yourself, how to communicate with others, how to get along with people from other backgrounds, Carlin. 
Think about that. People, a football locker room is a melting pot. You got people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, people from different religious creeds, people with different political views, all working together for a common goal and ultimately to help one another achieve their individual goals. I mean, there, there is a beauty in the game, and that's why I'm so passionate about the game, but that's why I'm also so frustrated about it when you have this gross dereliction of duty that leads to an ugly incident like we saw last night. All right, up first, Jeff in Arizona on ESPN Radio. Jeff, what's going on? Hey, good afternoon. Really enjoy your show, often listener. I want to pivot for a second and go and look at the player that made the tackle. If you look at I saw it in real time. I saw the multiple replays. The quarterback was clearly in the grasp, and the tackler put an extra emphasis on slamming him to the ground. Do you think the player or the players' union has any culpability in that aspect? Also, there was not a flag thrown for unnecessary roughness, uh, if I recall correctly. What do you think? Uh, I think that's dicey, man. The defensive tackle is just trying to get the guy down. Think about it. If you're playing on the interior of the defensive line, which I did for the majority of my 11-year career in the NFL, you're fighting through doubles, sometimes triple teams. You're just trying to get back there and impact the quarterback. And when you get your hands on him, you want to make sure you get him on the ground. Like Defensive players already have a limited area where they can hit the quarterback. It's called the quarterback strike zone. So it's below the head and neck, and it's above the knees. So I don't have a lot of surface area to hit the quarterback. So in a lot of instances, I want to just grab the guy and throw him down because I don't want to have a helmet-to-helmet situation or I don't want to hit him at the knees or below because I'm going to get flagged, but also I'm going to get fined, Carlin. And we know that those are some expensive fines. You're talking about $15,000 and up. So if you're a defensive tackle trying to get the quarterback on the ground and you know you have this small area to hit him and you're a big man, what are you going to do? You're going to try to sling them to the ground. And that's exactly what we saw the defensive tackle from the Cincinnati Bengals do. I don't think that was with malicious intent at all. That was a football play, but it's unfortunate the results of the incident. But I don't think that's on the Cincinnati Bengals defender. I think that's on the training staff, the doctors, and the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants that should have protected Tua four days ago in the Buffalo Bills game. It's hard for me to get on him too much when he has him around the torso, and that's how he did it. You know, because to <laughs> you see me, what I'm that, saying? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's to me when you're trying to fight through everything, you're grabbing at anything you can at that point. Brent is in Virginia, up next on ESPN Radio. Hey, Brent, what's going on? Um, one, I thank you guys for having this forum because there's a lot of people who watched last night's game different forms and fashion, uh, families, kids, parents, players, coaches, everybody watched it and, you know, have their own conclusions, have their own stories. <laughs> and Mr. Canty, you hit it right on the head. Like the message that it sends to the lower levels of football is what so many people are having conversations about today. Obviously what happened on television last night was traumatic, but how it affects people going forward, games, um, it's just scary. It's scary to know, like those of us who are really integrated in youth football, high school sports, we know things like this happen. And there's not necessarily a, a commissioner or a board that you can go to to change things. We just 
you know, things like that happen. And it's scary to see the most responsible people fail on the largest stage, you know, on a game on a day when there's no other professional football games on. No last hold. It's unfortunate, but that's why the NFL and the NFLPA have to make sure we have transparency with the investigation that's going to take place about the potential concussion protocol violation that took place in week three down in Miami against the Buffalo Bills. I think we'll have more insight, and if there is a finding that somebody is responsible or at fault or there was something that was amiss, then those those individuals or that individual should be held held accountable to the fullest extent. That that's where I'm at with this calling because there is no there is no room for ambiguity when it comes to this particular issue. There is no gray area. We have to send a clear and decisive message that this is something that won't be tolerated in terms of compromising a player's health when it comes to brain injuries. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Up next, we will talk with Jeremy Fowler about this, who was in attendance last night. Get his take and what he's hearing around the league today about this. We heard from Demora Smith. We'll hear more from him uh, in just a bit. He was on KJM this morning as well and had some very strong words about the situation. So all of that is on the way, Jeremy, in just moments. Now, guys... If you are suffering from hair loss, I feel I feel you. I'm with you. <laughs> and you're worried about your hair situation, you got to check out Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts. Now, the sooner you take action, the more options you're going to have for keeping and restoring your hair. Bosley has both surgical and non-surgical solutions to help you keep the hair you have right now and to grow thicker, fuller hair when you need it the most. Now, right now, Bosley is giving away a free information kit and $250 gift card toward a procedure. All you got to do, text CARLIN to 203-203. That's C-A-R-L-I-N to 203-203. You don't want to wait when it comes to your hair loss. So just get the information. Learn what you can be doing right now to keep or grow your hair. People trust Bosley. They are truly the leaders in hair restoration. They have the most experience restoring hair, and experience matters. So what are you waiting for? Get your free Bosley info kit and a $250 off gift card when you text Carlin to 203-203. Again, text Carlin to 203-203 and get your hair back with Bosley. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Continue to hear from you on the Tua situation at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Randy in California next on ESPN Radio. Hey, Randy. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on. I wanted to bring up one one point here, too, that I think Tua's got some responsibility in this as well. He's a man of his own free will, intelligent, and, and, and smart enough to make his own decisions. This is not the NFL of the 50s and the 60s nor is he still at Alabama worrying about playing to keep his scholarship. He had the right yesterday to say, hey, I can't go. I mean, he has some personal responsibility in this. He put himself in a bad situation, but nobody was pressuring him to do so. He didn't have to win over that locker room. People respect him, and and he's got some responsibility in this. Look, Randy, I'm not, I'm not got- saying that the player doesn't have any responsibility, especially days removed from the initial incident. But in real time, in week three against the Bills, he, he didn't know. Carlin, you saw the images of Tua trying to get up and then falling back down and then his teammates having to help him off the field. How can you then say a player is within his own faculties and has the ability to, to make a – a decision to 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 you know to cognitively go through the pros and cons and then come out and make a conclusion about what they should do rather than with whether they should play in the second half or not that's unrealistic like you can't do that now no. as far and as as far as players making the choice to play yeah you you're going to choose to play because you recognize that if you don't play then the team eventually is going to find somebody else to do your job that's how it is and what's been the knock on Tua since he came into the league in 2020? He can't stay healthy. So you can understand why the guy is pushing himself to be there and be available for his team. And then beyond all of that, Carlin, you're talking about not wanting to let your teammates down. He's the quarterback. Okay? He's the quarterback. He has the most impact as far as players go on his team winning or losing. So you say, oh, he doesn't have to prove anything to the locker room. Yeah, he doesn't have anything to prove. But he can still let those guys down by not being available. And that's how, right or wrong, some guys in that locker room would look at it. Now, we're hoping that we can change the culture eventually, but right now it is what it is. And so, yeah, there's plenty for Tua to lose if he were to step up and say, I'm not going into the game. Players would question, well, if you didn't have a concussion, why aren't you going out there and playing on Thursday night? That's when the organization should have protected the player from themselves. The Miami Dolphins could have stood up and said, he had a brain injury, he's not playing. That's why he's not playing. Then Tua could, could step into that. On ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the topic so far, exactly what you would expect it to be. And that is what happened last night in Cincinnati with Tua Tagovailoa. We heard from Mike McDaniel earlier. We heard from Demoris Smith, very upset earlier today, uh, on with KJM, the head of the uh, Players Association. We now welcome in Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter who was in attendance last night uh, in Cincinnati. Jeremy, Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio. We appreciate the time, and and let's just get right into it. Just your overall uh, take on what has transpired here over the last 24 hours, and not just the incident itself, but the Dolphins and their response to it today. 
Yeah, Chris, uh, great to be with you. And that's a, uh, there's a lot to unpack with that question because you have the emotional side of it from the team. You have the logistical side of it from the investigation jointly done between the NFL union uh, and the league. Uh, and then you have the health of the player. So, you know, I guess I'll start with the health of the player. Um, he is doing pretty well, you know, from what I've heard. Go ahead. Um, he is, you know, he was alert and has all his extremities uh, moving and feeling well yesterday. So, sorry, one second, guys. Getting out of the airport. Okay. And, uh, you know, so he's, he's checked out well. There's no structural damage to his head or neck area right now. So they're going to do an MRI, probably a second opinion. Uh, but he flew with the team and felt good and went home. And so that, that's all good news in the short term. But we don't know how he's going to respond. Uh, you know, symptoms can vary from day to day. So they're going to monitor him closely. Him playing is the, the last thing on the Dolphins' mind and really everybody else's mind. Um, so from there, you know, it's, it's, this investigation is probably going to take a while. Uh, both sides are, are in the early stages of it, but they're going to start their interview process here pretty soon. And Tua will probably be involved in that, along with all the medical personnel. And they'll just try to, to decide, you know, is he wobbling around on Sunday against Buffalo for a neurological reason? And if so, what fell through the cracks in the protocol? And can the protocol be tweaked to better support players? I think that's probably maybe the most important thing out of all this. Jeremy, we've heard from the reporting of Adam Schefter and others that the Miami Dolphins at halftime of the week three game against the Bills initially ruled that Tua was being evaluated for a concussion for a head injury and then revised that diagnosis to a back injury. We also understand that in the NFL's concussion policy, concussion protocols, that it includes head, neck, and spine injuries. So the back seems like it would be something that would qualify how have the Miami Dolphins explained that designation and not not ruling Tua as a no-go for the second half of that Buffalo Bills game? Yeah, Chris, I don't know that they have properly explained that. I'm trying to think uh, in Mike McDaniels' press conferences. Um, you know, he was pretty clear that it was a back injury the whole time, so I don't know why it was addressed as such in the first place. Um, I don't really get the sense the Dolphins are trying to hide something. I think, if anything... Um, you know, they either took him for his word too strongly or he passed the protocols and then they maybe didn't use common sense from seeing how he was responding on the field and just the eye test, right? We all saw mm. what we saw on Sunday. So I think that's – I was talking to somebody involved in, in, in the investigation about that very thing. It's like – and I think this is why the union is upset. It's like, okay, well, let's let's go above and beyond for the care of the player. Like, you can check some boxes, but then – you know, the reality is uh, everybody saw what they saw. So, and again, maybe, you know, to be fair, maybe it, it truly was a back and we don't know, but it's, it's just, it, it would have been prudent to, to hold him out one of these two games over a five-day stretch. And Jeremy, I, I guess one, I just want to revisit that back situation because when, when my, Mike McDaniel had his press conference today, he said he doesn't want to go against the doctor's recommendation with something abstract. I believe that was the wording that he used. Yet when we saw what we saw at the end of the first half against the Bills in week three, it was clear that Tua was exhibiting some of the signs, some of the symptoms of a concussion. He was unbalanced. I believe Adam Schefter used the word of gross motor skill instability. That was apparent. Those boxes were checked. So again, I go back to, well, I understand you just don't want to base your decision off of the eye test, but if we're dealing with an evolving science like concussions and something where we don't have 
uh, an actual test that can definitively diagnose it in real time. We do have to rely on, you know, the eye test to some degree. And if the player is exhibiting those symptoms, protect the player from himself and withhold him from sport. No? Yes, for sure. And, and that's in the uh, in the collectively bargained protocol that it's a no-go if gross motor instability uh, is exhibited. Now, I'd have to look at whether there are stipulations to that. Um, but that is pretty clear as one of the signs that the player should be held out. Um, now, that, that becomes semantics where it's like, okay, well, is, was he wobbling solely because of the back? Uh, but, you know, he did hit his head on the turf. So, like, yeah, that's where the common sense comes into play as well. Okay, let, let's just uh, let's sit him out, of, you know, for as long as we need to to, uh, to make this clear. And, and I think the Dolphins in a perfect world wanted to do that. Um, it, it's just, uh, you know. The, Jeremy, we got to, unfortunately, Jeremy, we got to. We got to cut this short, but we appreciate you popping on. We know it's a busy day for you. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter, the latest on Tua. Weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.